I'd like to to begin by uh, welcoming, rejoicing, the important uh, plunging into the abyss and uh, offering a important voice, kind voice, strong voice, a needed voice uh, into our uh, into our world. So it's lovely to have you with us, Dara. And there's a phrase that will always be with me from your maiden voyage. Buddha's got my back. (laughs) Flanked by Dharma friends. If that's not a refuge, what is? Important questions. Where do we put our trust? And this patient, gradual, shifting of our center of gravity from those areas uh, where we've put our trust, where we begin to realize aren't, don't work so well anymore, aren't so effective or limited. And we start to uh, discover and more and more deeply cherish, celebrate, Remember, return to what is truly trustworthy. These uh, triple jewel, triple refuge uh, are uh, pointing to human qualities that are inherent in our heart, but uh, we, we overlook them project and, uh, well, we recognize them out there and overlook or imagine, oh, how could I be wise and kind and true, peaceful? But because, because the, the awakened ones are trustworthy, they, they don't just sit there and bask in the glory. That's right, just worship me. Throw occasional crumbs out. They return the power and remind us, wisely and compassionately remind us that, the, that we discover that essential, that core, that inner refuge, which clarifies into the, the highest refuge. That abiding in our own heart that is aware, that can know things as they are, that can uh, discover treasures that we couldn't imagine that are all right here within our nature. (coughs) This Buddha, the 
one of the qualities of this Buddha refuge that we recognize out in the awakened one and he encourages us to return to, to cultivate in our own hearts. We, we chant in the morning, Vicca Charana Sampano. Endowed with wisdom and compassion. The great wings of awakening is wisdom and compassion. They sound, because of the nature of language, uh, different. (laughs) Two wings, one living being, one mind, different dimensions, expressions, nuances of the one mind. Wisdom and compassion are deeply, intimately interrelated. As the great uh, sage, contemporary sage, uh, Sri Nisargadatta, has been an inspiration to, to Nisar and myself and many, many other seekers, said, uh, wisdom says I'm nothing. Compassion says I'm everything. Between these two banks, the life of the awakened one flows. We've been practicing discovering, connecting with this mindful refuge, this capacity to listen and connect to steady the mind, the attention on the body, step, one step at a time, one breath at a time, discovering the relative calm and easeful abiding. And then as we, with that composure, look into vipassana, the nature of our life, phenomena, what we take to be me and you, the body, the feelings, the perceptions, thoughts, moods, moments of noticing. This, this mind, this wise, reflective mind notices anicca, it notices change. Things are becoming otherwise every instant. And the implications, the monumental implications, we recognize that if something's becoming otherwise every instant, even though it might have a solid-sounding name, me, mine, good, it's melting continually. Therefore, to want it to be otherwise is stressful, is dukkha. Therefore, it's not really me and mine. You can call it that, but it's really anatta. It's not self. The wise mind, recognizing this, relinquishes. Let's be, let's go, realizes I'm not this, I'm not that. doesn't reject it, but it returns. It relinquishes back and then touches even this place where all things merge this ground, what we've been talking about, the luminous heart. I'm not the thing. You can't say what I am. 
the spacious sky like heart, it's bright. Noticing the sameness of dharmas, all the myriad conditions when we let go, it merges into this peaceful brightness. We get the taste of peace and sometimes we think, oh, that's so nice and it can associate suffering with the world. Sometimes we just want to stay like that. The hand just stays like that open. It's called paralysis. It's nice, but obviously a clenched fist can be a problem too. But when we, when we really want our peace to be separate from conditions, then we, we really need to remember this, this kindness, this compassion, this embracing, realizing the suffering, and we've all seen this, it comes from aversion, pushing away, building walls. It, it can keep us seemingly safe, but it, it tangles us up in an energy that's always keeping things at bay so that we're not ever deeply relaxing. <coughs> Compassion is kind, open, willing, receiving, blessing. Compassion says, I'm everything. Takes us to the same place, the boundless heart. This one mind can hold investigate, can let go, touch the deep peace, the sameness, serene brightness of all conditions, but it also can envelop, embrace, welcome the particularity, the up, the down, the good, the bad, the likable, the not likable, all that's in between. We've mentioned a lot of the the importance of having this attitude in all our activities practice of kindness. But, but this next uh, today, tomorrow, we want to emphasize it more. It's what the Buddha called metta. Sanskrit metri. Kind. The Buddha gives it great importance Monks, if a monk cultivates loving kindness for as long as a finger snap, he is called a monk, a bhikkhu. He is not destitute of jhana meditation, of deep composure. He carries out the master's teaching. He responds to advice and does not eat the country's alms food in vain. So what should be said of those who make much of this teaching? There are two places, at least that I know of, where the Buddha talks about even a momentary perception, remember, of change. So important. That's the core, the gateway into wisdom. And deep emptiness, once we notice change, that already starts to reveal the hairline fractures and all the apparent solidity that make us think we're going to get something. Change leads to that weariness with grasping, fading, 
dispassion, letting go, cessation, peace. Similarly, the finger snap, this shows you the, the balancing of the two wings of wisdom and compassion. Finger snap of kindness, even a moment. What's the opposite of kindness? The enemy of kindness, aversion. Whether it's strong or weak, it's push, casting out of the heart. (laughs) In the freezer. (laughs) Over there. Even a moment of allowing, welcoming, letting the heart include rather than demonize, push away, revile. Even a moment, because it takes one. It's unifying. Very important. Unifying. Bring back to wholeness. Just as the wisdom practices can be practiced, taught, yeah, we can have spontaneous wise moments. But we can also spontaneously be swept away by our biases and our unskillful tendencies. Similarly, kindness can be practiced. Yeah, we can have spontaneous moments. Those are important. In fact, the liberated heart is kind. What's called the Brahma-viharas or the noble abidings or the natural responses to life when the heart is unobstructed. Kindness is that friendliness, is natural, welcoming, not pretending to like everything but being friendly. Compassion is that unobstructed heart then senses where there's pain and suffering, naturally resonates with that and blesses it, helps alleviate it. Kindness, compassion, second great noble abiding, the second note, the second tone, resonance of the open heart in relationship. The unobstructed heart resonates with the beauty of life, the well-being, the good fortune of others. We can rejoice. Like with nature, we can rejoice with the beauty. It's not impossible, but it's pretty rare to get jealous of a tree. Oh, God, who do you think you are? I'll show you. I've got a chainsaw, or I know a guy. <laughs> you know, usually it can happen, but, you know, we, we tend to open up, and the boundary is, is, is dissolved. Why we love nature. We, we, we open. That's called sympathetic joy, third grade. Divine abiding, measureless abiding, and the fourth, the deep, closest to wisdom and nibbana, serenity. Deep peace. The essential 
practice of metta is to others is to oneself. The golden rule. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. It's forgotten sometimes. Uh, we, we, we think, uh, I'm supposed to love everybody. And then we can start trying to whitewash everything. Oh, I just really love you. Appreciate everything. <laughs> and what we got in the closet, <laughs> breaking the wall down. And we, 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 we need to practice. We need to, we have to learn that. Sometimes it's natural, but we also, just to cope with life, sometimes learn other, other strategies. We can want to, wouldn't it be, save all the beings, and they all be well, and uh, then we don't, you know, we get really angry with the ones that are bugging us close by. <coughs> Someone's out trying to water the garden, cultivate the plants. Frustrated that come on, come on, because it's just kind of dripping, trickling out. Damn water company, they're not doing anything. You can't trust anybody these days. <sighs> Trying to get the trickles to go out there. You know, we cr- haven't bothered to notice we've crimped the hose. You know, this is our vessel for our expression our channel, our vessel for blessing each other, blessing the world, this body, this mind. To others is to oneself this this centrality of also learning to be kind here. We're going to be practicing. We have been, but to underline that practice. It's not pretending to like everything. But can we be friendly? Even if uh, someone comes that you don't particularly like their appearance, maybe they smell, or maybe they're a little bit coarse, or make jokes that aren't so... Maybe you don't seem so funny, but one can still give a place at the table, or at least offer a cup of tea, or at least try not to harm. Not to harm, not to wish ill will, not to add on to a situation more division, more harm. said that uh, metta, kindness, softens the heart. The Buddha talked about even a moment's powerful, but it's, it's 
very transformative. Even a moment. I remember when I got, I won't go through the whole story, but bit by the most painful sting in the forest in Thailand, in the jungle, is the centipede, one that was like at least six inches long, three quarters of an inch wide, bit me and I was in trouble. I was allergic to mosquitoes, much less than this fiery pain going up my arm. I had to moan all night long, wondering what was going to happen when it hit my heart. I ended up, hand swelled up for three weeks, ended up urinating blood, ended up in the hospital. But right after it, it happened, uh, Ajahn Chah happened to visit our monastery and uh, I was living with Thais. I was the only Westerner and, and they just said, the, the farang, the foreigner was bit by a centipede. The foreigner was bit by a centipede. Loom Paul, the foreigner, was bit by a centipede. And so, uh, you know, I just, I just remember Ajahn Chah came up and, you know, he didn't go, oh, how terrible, and oh, we're going to do something about those centipedes. <laughs> or, you idiot, what were you doing putting your hand under that mat? Why didn't you look first? Wasn't very mindful, could he say, oh, he didn't do that just came up and held my hand and said, get my, did it hurt? (laughs) But just with kindness, my situation, all the fear, the this, the that, the pain, just being with it, not having to change it, did it hurt? The power of kindness, just just everything melted away. I was just like in bliss. Hand was still swollen. Kindness, you're not alone. It's it's the sense of we're. It's this spreading the the arms of the heart to include. It's one of the last what's called paramitas, those qualities which carry one across the sea of birth and death to safety, home, peace, to our true nature. One of the final qualities, most profound qualities. Because there's, especially with these deep-rooted tendencies, And our wisdom says, well, I know I shouldn't be so petty, and I know I shouldn't be this way, and I know I shouldn't be that way, and it's obvious, and I don't even want to be that way, and we go on like that. And yet you can't just clear it out with a bulldozer. I've tried. One can't just bully the heart. has this way of thickening the wall between. This, this curious way, the more we are averse to something, it empowers 
further separates, deepens the rift, strengthens the opposition. Why it's one of the most profound and to be returned to again and again and why I was so foolish early on when I dismissed metta meditation. You know, I'm ashamed to say, I'm just revealing it when I said, oh, it's for old ladies. It's the kindness that then, that then heals. The close enemy, though, of kindness that we, we, in our society we miss, we think it means, the close enemy is attachment. Oh, I just love you. I love you forever and ever and ever. Not just this lifetime, future lifetimes. From now on, you're just so wonderful. Until you say something that somebody doesn't like, and then, how could you do that? How could you let me down? Sometimes what... Our, our love is, is, is still entangled with attachment. And it, and it can so quickly turn to rage. That was one of the reasons I went to become a monk. Because I, I, I couldn't understand why is it that all the beings we love, we end up hurting each other. I couldn't, why do we do that? Because people really sincerely love each other and then end up choking each other, fighting each other. So that love needs to be purified so that it becomes more universal and really wishing for the welfare of ourself and another. And the way we were taught is to, there's different ways of doing this practice and perhaps we'll have the chance to focus on some of them. One way is to do, you know, these phrases that becomes more of a concentration practice of really wishing well to all beings and, that, and, and that's wonderful. But the version of kindness practice that's very close to wisdom that, that we were taught in the monastery is, is, is learning not to push away, but to welcome. First starting with sensations, moods, just whatever. Nothing disturbs this attitude. This attitude is the vihara, the abiding place, is that heart that is not fighting. It's a non-contending, it's a willingness to be with this sounds like this. Not saying we like it, oh I really like it, or don't like it, just to be with sound like this. The sensations of our body, there's all different ones, some neutral ones, some more pleasing maybe, some more painful fatigue or inflammation. One notices, receives these, and the heart makes the gesture, the effort to allow, to be friendly with, not to pretend, to be friendly with sensations, with the intention, may I be at ease with this? May I welcome this? May I be open to this? In the moods, even the scattered mind. We don't have to hate the scattered mind. The scattered mind, it's 
bouncing off the walls. We can bless that with, okay. Not hate it, not fight it, be kind. With a doubting mind that's, you know, God, but here we got yet another practice. I can't believe it. You got to do the being with the breath, and some say the belly, and some, some say the nostrils, and then some say, you know, I want my kundalini to go, and some say the crown, and, and then others say, no, it's your, you don't got the root chakra going, you're not even started. <laughs> Just, I mean, how am I going to work in now? I haven't got kindness in the mix, and wisdom, and letting go. And <laughs> I just can't believe it. You know, these teachers, they, they're supposed to teach, but, you know, I'm just getting really confused. And uh, they're not that old, really, they, because, you know, most masters are... Even if it's the doubting mind, <laughs> can be kind to doubt. It's what our Western teacher called the orphans of consciousness. It's not saying to believe them, not saying to fight them, but in this approach to practice, we're just giving a place at the table, blessing with the heart. Whether it's restless or averse, spiky. God, kindness. May I be well, may you be well, God. Get out some rainbow colors. (laughs) Why don't you just give some bubbles out we can blow, too, Kitty Sarah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, we we, we can turn and just hug each other. (laughs) Even if it's aversion, place at the table, touch that. Doubt. Heaviness, that really foggy, oh God, I'm godly. How can I, God, I'll be the nodding Buddha, you know, godly. What kind of Buddha am I going to be? Just nodding Buddha. To be kind, to the dullness, touch it, bless it. The orphans of consciousness, we slam them back, project them out onto someone else, slam them into the basement, close the door. But uh, the escape hatch is to bless. Dullness, restlessness, wanting, Desire, I get it. it should be better than this. Aversion, doubt. Nothing disturbs this meditation. The return, what, what makes the abiding, what makes it peaceful is the willingness to be friendly with, to welcome whatever comes and goes, to practice moments of being well with it, okay with it. Divine abiding. has profound, people have shared just on this retreat, has a profound effect. Someone was sharing a, a being with a grumpy mood, difficult mood, didn't really want it. Just thought, what is the point? And that mood was believable. What is the point? And just, but practice the moment of being kind to that mood, to the grumpiness. 
And then there was a shattering, a meltdown of the state, transformation, Kindness melts the walls of the mind. So practicing today with our sensations, with the moods, with the sounds, and with aversion. We don't think, oh, I can't, how can I do metta practice? For the, of, that's when we should do metta practice. And it's not steamrolling aversion. I've got a steamroller in my mind and (laughs) let's see you hold up against that. It's not just crushing it. That's more aversion. To, and especially in this world, in this society where a pandemic is self-critical mind It tyrannizes, robs us, no matter what we do, sabotages, sees all the flaws, is averse to, to have moments of welcoming. The mind that knows aversion is not averse. Just moments of being with that, we deepen in the opposite quality. The sounds are like this. Not pretending to like. Not pretending anything, but may I be at ease with this. Sounds. Within that willingness to be here, the sensations of the body. Each in-breath is a gentle intention of may I be at ease with this. Each out-breath, letting go of fighting. Each in-breath, a gentle quality. The painful, the neutral, the pleasant feelings, making an effort to, to allow Might be at ease with this. The mood. Strong mood, weak mood. Liking, disliking. Peaceful, agitated. They're guests. Can we be kind, friendly with the guests? Each in-breath a gentle, may I be at ease, each out-breath like a pebble dropping into a pool, sending ripples, each out-breath. May others be at ease, just for a moment. Let it ripple above, below, and all around. Each in-breath, just touching the heart, kindness, each out-breath, letting go. 
allowing the heart to be a wider as we first practice being kind to this inner world. May I be at ease, may others. Each in-breath, a ripple of kindness within, each out-breath, just a ripple. And if aversion comes up, we practice being kind there. Even if we're disinterested, that's a visitor. Practice allowing. Even a finger snap. According to the blessed one, the awakened one, we are worthy to be called a disciple. How much the more so if we deepen this practice. The Buddha's wonderful words on kindness, what called the Metta Sutta, This is what should be done by one who is skilled in goodness and who knows the path of peace. Let them be able and upright, straightforward and gentle in speech, humble and not conceited, contented and easily satisfied, unburdened with duties and frugal in their ways, peaceful and calm and wise and skillful, not proud and demanding in nature. Let them not do the slightest thing that the wise would later reprove, wishing in gladness and in safety may all beings be at ease. Whatever living beings there may be, whether they are weak or strong, omitting none, the great or the mighty, medium, short or small, the seen and the unseen, those living near and far away, those born and to be born, may all beings be at ease. Let none deceive another, nor despise any being in any state. Let none through anger or ill will wish harm upon another. Even as a mother protects with her life, her child, her only child, so with a boundless heart should one cherish all living beings, radiating kindness over the entire world, spreading upwards to the skies and downwards to the depths, outwards and unbounded, freed from hatred and ill will. Whether standing or walking, seated or lying down, free from drowsiness, one should sustain this recollection. This is said to be the sublime abiding. By not holding to fixed views, 
the pure-hearted one having clarity of vision, being freed from all sense desires, is not born again into this world. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.